Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, and integrative medicine, as well as lifestyle medicine. We also do case studies, and we also review the medical literature. Today's show topic is the power of a plant-based diet in treating cardiovascular disease, a cardiothoracic surgeon's viewpoint. Our guest today is Dr. Staten Autry, MD. He's a general cardiac and thoracic surgeon, and he works in Midland, Texas. And he just had a very busy day in the OR. So thanks, Dr. Autry, for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your educational background and why you want to be a physician and then eventually a cardiothoracic surgeon. Well, I uh, grew up in Central Texas in Corsicana and uh, graduated from college at the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee, and then did my medical school uh, training at University of Texas Southwestern Medical School and then general surgery in Tucson, Arizona, University of Arizona, and then thoracic surgery residency at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, I think that the, the field of cardiothoracic surgery was uh, attractive to me just honestly because I, I really enjoyed the, the technical aspects of doing the surgery, and I, I really felt like I was uh, had an opportunity to help people, and uh, you know, the situations were usually, um, I guess it was, in my perspective, uh, you know, the problems were, were large and, and the solutions were exciting. So I, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, the work that I do. So. so you've been practicing for how long now? Since 1995, so that's uh, <laughs> 21 years. So That's a good time. So why do, yeah. you, th- why do you think there's so much, uh, and are most of your, sur- well, tell me what type of surgery you do. Cardiothoracic is kind of a broad topic. Are they lots of bypass or stents or, or what What do you do? Well, I'm, I'm, I primarily do cardiac surgery and and most common operation that I do is is coronary bypass surgery, but I do a fair number of of uh, valve surgeries, aortic valve replacements, mitral valve repairs, and replacement, and a variety of other operations, um, aortic root replacements, aortic dissection repairs, etc. So, I do some um, non-cardiac thoracic work, but probably about ninety-five percent of what I do is is heart surgery. So what? So why do you think there's so much heart disease in the United States and developing countries or industrialized countries? Well, I'm convinced that it is related uh, to our lifestyle and specifically to the Western diet. And I think that the reasons um, have been pretty pretty clearly elucidated by people like T. Colin Campbell and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn and, and others that have. Uh, shown the, the the really amazing impact of, of diet choices on uh, health and disease. And I think that we have basically an epidemic of, of uh, cardiovascular disease and diabetes, hypertension, and uh, a variety of cancers. And I think that it's related, I'm, I'm convinced that it's related to our diet because in, in societies that, that uh, eat a, very differently than we do, um, there are some societies uh, that uh, really don't uh, are not plagued by these chronic diseases, and the evidence is compelling. And uh, there's uh, growing every day. So, when did for you personally the diet heart disease aha moment come? Well, 
amazingly, just about three and a half years ago, when my wife, who, who's an RN, uh, she was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, and, and she's always been uh, someone that has been physically active and athletic, and she has always eaten what she thought was a very healthy diet. And shortly after uh, she was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and before she actually started taking her medication, someone mentioned uh, that she should see the documentary Forks Over Knives. And after seeing that documentary, uh, she asked me to see it, and I was absolutely blown away because I, I really had no nutrition background in medical school. There was no education, and I had not self-educated. And I really minimized the, the role of, of uh, nutrition and health. And by the way, she never did take her hypothyroidism medications, and uh, we immediately began eating a whole food plant-based diet. And when she had her uh, thyroid panels checked, a few weeks later they were normal. So her hypothyroidism resolved with diet, and that's actually a pretty common occurrence or a common result, rather, of, of uh uh, of adopting that uh, that type of a diet with that particular disease, it's uh, it's amazing. Well, what uh, so what what really happens to the arteries? I mean, how how are they damaged? Well, they're they're damaged by the the you know by sugar, but uh, also predominantly by the the fat content of our of our foods. Americans eat eat about forty percent of their calories as fat, and you know there's some simple studies that, that prove the, the damaging effects of that. Dr. Uh, Rad, I can't recall the, the person that, that did these studies, but uh, a blood pressure cuff is blown up on the, on the right, on one of the arms above uh, the systolic blood pressure. In fasting uh, volunteers, after that blood pressure cuff is, is deflated after 10 minutes, the brachial artery uh, dilates about 40%, tremendously improving the blood supply to the arm. And that's mediated by the endothelial cells, which produce nitric oxide, nitric oxide to affect that uh, vascular dilatation. Those same that same study was was done on uh, people after eating a, a, a fast food meal uh, full of you know fat, typical fast food hamburger, and the artery when when the blood pressure cuff was taken down, the artery is unable to dilate at all, and that effect lasts for about five or six hours after that meal. So you eat breakfast, your arteries are constricted for the next, uh, well, up until about lunchtime when you injure them all over again. When you do the same test with volunteers that have eaten a whole food plant-based meal um, uh, shortly before the test, the artery is able to dilate normally. The fat uh, content of our uh, food impedes or impairs the ability of the endothelial cells to produce nitric oxide. And nitric oxide has other beneficial effects, but cholesterol that we're eating is in the, you know, ends up uh, sticking to the arterial walls and then being uh, transported into the uh, wall of the artery and then you form plaques and then you have inflammation and uh, you can have plaque rupture and, and you know, sudden cardiac event, myocardial infarction, and, uh, and all the consequences that, that fall from that. The, well, the, the, there would be a, 
counter argument then that those were the bad types of fat, maybe saturated or maybe the omega-6 and fats and they're oxidized. But what would you say about fish fat, fish oil fat or, or olive oil? What well, do you, I'm sure your patients ask you about that. Yeah, Dr. Esselstyn is pretty clear um, in his, Dr. Esselstyn at the Cleveland Clinic has, has, has looked at these things and uh, fat from fish does the same thing as does olive oil. So for cardiovascular patients, Dr. Esselstyn uh, doesn't allow his patients to consume any uh, extra fat uh, apart from that that's naturally contained in, in whole food plant-based uh, products. And so uh, his patients don't cook with oil. They don't use oil-based salad dressings, for example, either. And there, you know, there, are, there is some uh, difference of opinion among uh, different people. Dr. Ornish, uh, for example, feels that, that uh, it's okay for his patients to eat a moderate amount of, uh, of fish. And so really what I tell my patients is that uh, Dr. Esselstyn has had excellent results with uh, patients with with uh, severe coronary artery disease, and until some other better information comes along, I'm going to recommend that they do uh, what he recommends because he gets excellent results. So I I counsel my patients to to not add even olive oil or other plant oils to their to their diet. Well, while we're on the the oil thing, do you uh, do you have Personally, do you use ground flaxseed or chia seeds, or do you have some raw nuts or seeds? We, or what do you? How do you work? We do. We 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 eat uh, oatmeal virtually every morning, and we we, we put a lot of uh, uh, fresh berries or frozen berries uh, in that. But we also put about a tablespoon of flaxseed meal uh, in our oatmeal every day. So, what happened to you? Did you bump into Dr. Esselton, or did you? Were you? How did you get about? hear about him and his work and then why well, he, and you changed and what happened to you when you you applied this approach personally well he he's heavily uh featured in the documentary forks over knives and so i i knew of his work from that but i also you know read read his papers that uh his clinical research with cardiovascular disease and then uh I, i'm so convinced of it that of course as a family, we, we uh, adopted his, his program. I have a lot of cardiovascular disease in my family, and I certainly don't have anything to lose by, by eating the healthiest diet on the planet. So uh, we started doing that. And then my best friend, my best childhood friend, I actually had the opportunity to talk with him about all this about 10 months or so before he had a heart attack. When I, when I first talked to him, he was, oh, I'm on cholesterol medicines, and my cholesterol is okay. I'm overweight, but I'll lose, need to lose some weight. But uh, and I'm on some hyperten- antihypertensives, but my doc says I'm doing okay. And so he, he wasn't interested, but then he closed his right coronary artery when he was out fishing and got a ride on a helicopter and then an emergency stent to open up his right coronary. And um, his his cardiologist advised him that he did have severe triple vessel coronary disease and that he would need uh, coronary bypass surgery. I, when he came to me, I, I said that is an option, but I, I think you really ought to talk to Dr. Esselstyn before you, you commit down that path. And so he did, and he, he absolutely adopted uh, the program completely. And <clears throat> he actually loves the food. And in the year since his heart attack, he's he went from uh, 205 pounds to 155 pounds. He's vigorously active. He... Um, was able to go snow skiing three times this past year. 
He's no, had no further uh, angina, of course. And as collateral benefits, he's, he no longer has obstructive sleep apnea. His mild arthritis uh, that uh, in his hands that were problematic when he would golf, that sort of thing, that has completely gone, as has his chronic sinusitis. His blood pressure now, is, he's normotensive. He's on no antihypertensives uh, any longer. And his cholesterol is so low that he's, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's completely off of his statin, but it's, um, if he's on any at this point, it's the, low to, it's the lowest dose because it, it plummeted. He's had a, a, a great result, but I, I had an opportunity to go with uh, my friend Kenny to, to Cleveland to hear, to attend the group counseling session that Dr. Esselstyn uh, does monthly at the Cleveland Clinic, and then got to know him a little bit, and he actually uh, traveled out here to Midland, Texas, and uh, did some group counseling for patients here, and uh, some of my patients and some other patients here in Midland, and then did an educational seminar for physicians at my hospital that that same evening. So corresponded a little bit, and I've gotten to know him that way. What has happened to you personally going on the diet? Well, you know, it's been a journey for me because there was a, a point when I was morbidly obese about 15 years ago. I weighed 270 pounds, and um, I made changes in my diet and thought I was doing well and then got married and about 10 years ago, and, and my wife had different ideas about what was healthy. And so when I, after we were married, I, I lost more weight, and as a result of converting to Dr. Esselstyn's uh, diet, I'm now about 190 pounds, so from 270 to 190, it's pretty good, I think. That is good. Uh, we are talking to Dr. Staten Autry, MD. He is a general cardiac and thoracic surgeon in Midland, Texas. He's uh, switched to a plant-based diet. I'd, I'd kind of like to talk now about how do you approach your patients? And, and this is my question to another uh, cardiovascular surgeon, uh, Dr. Mark Katz. Number one, how do you counsel your patients before and after surgery, or, 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 or what do you do when somebody comes in? If you knew that they could, you know, re- if they really sunk the boat and went and followed Dr. Esselstyn's work, they could reverse their heart disease, that might not, that might reduce your patient load <laughs> somewhat. Right. I, you know, I, I really have sort of two different approaches. When I, when I see someone in the hospital with unstable uh, coronary syndrome, I think that those people still need surgery. Uh, if you're having rest angina, I'm not comfortable sending you out and, and asking you to, to change your diet as soul therapy. So when I see people in the hospital that are, that are unstable, I do surgery on them. But as, as part of that process, uh, part of that hospitalization, I, I always discuss nutrition with them. And I let them know that, that surgery is not a cure and that statin drugs and, and uh, aggressive uh, medical therapy uh, slows the process of cardiovascular disease. But it doesn't... It doesn't it doesn't arrest or reverse coronary artery disease. And so my, my hope and my, my hope is that these, these patients will also adopt this diet even after their, their heart surgery because really that's the only way to achieve health. I mean, I can, I can overcome the blockages that they have at, this, at the moment that's brought them to the hospital, but to, to actually be healthy again and, and benefit in all the other collateral ways that, that a person benefits from eating an optimally healthy diet Really, that's the only prescription for health. I, I, I can restore blood flow uh, to their heart, but that alone is not a cure because grafts close, disease progresses, et cetera. Now, uh, and I do have uh, quite a few patients that I've operated on that are, that are um, on this diet. 
the patients that I see in the office that have stable angina pattern, uh, I offer them uh, dietary management or surgery typically. And basically, I you know I I just get a history and physical, and then when we're talking about treatment options, I you know I, I tell them that the conventional wisdom would be that they have uh, coronary bypass surgery, but that uh, there's really excellent data to support a dietary change to whole food plant-based nutrition. And I feel comfortable offering that instead of surgery if they're motivated and they can they can commit uh, completely uh, to that. And I spend probably more time than the average cardiothoracic surgeon uh, with my with these outpatient consults. I spend usually an hour to an hour and a half with my patients. And I have the, the luxury of doing that because I'm not in a, a super high volume uh, practice. And I, I really enjoy talking to my patients. But I give them about a 30-minute miniature education. And then if they're interested, I refer them to my wife. Uh, my wife's wife is passionate about this. And she is uh, certified through Dr. T. Colin Campbell's uh, online course through Cornell University to, to counsel patients uh, in whole food plant-based nutrition. And so my wife gets involved and she she talks to them. She provides them with all sorts of resources online and resources in, in terms of uh, books and cookbooks. She even takes them to the grocery store and shops <laughs> with them, shows them how to read labels. And and another thing that we've done that is, is really cool is to develop a community plant-based meal um, event that we do every month. And um, we currently have about 120 people that, that uh, come to these events. Thankfully, not all at the same time. They, we, we usually have about 30 or 40 uh, on a, at a given um, event. But we do it every month, and we have one tomorrow, and we've got about 60 adults and plus children coming to that. But my wife assigned whole food plant-based recipes and uh, to, in, to the individuals coming, and so it's sort of like a potluck thing. But we get together, and patients are so encouraged to have physicians that will talk to them uh, and encourage them, and they're so encouraged to see their colleagues, their, their friends getting healthy. I mean, we've got case study after case study of, of people being cured of their diabetes, being cured of hypertension, uh, no longer having chest pain uh, or angina from their coronary disease. And uh, it's, it's really, it's exciting. Our, our little community plant-based meals are, are getting more and more popular. I think at some point we're going to have to break <laughs> off and have more groups. But my patients come to this. There are other physicians in, in, uh, the, that uh, work with me as well, and they have patients that are coming. And we have people that aren't our patients that just want to be healthy, or maybe they have hypertension and they don't want that anymore, or diabetes, and they don't want that anymore. So they're coming, and it's, uh, it's really an amazing, amazing thing. And my wife runs all that, so she does much of the counseling for people. I screen them, sort of, uh, if you, uh, so to speak, and then she takes over. Everyone brings food to share. We, we did it a variety of ways, but the way that most people seem to prefer is for my wife to actually uh, challenge them by getting them recipes that they've never had to prepare or never had the opportunity to prepare before. So it causes them to stretch their wings a little bit, make things that they've never had. So how much time do you think, so they spend an hour, an hour and a half with you. How much time in follow-up do you think they spend 
in your basic education program with your wife? You know, it varies. She gets quite a few emails from people asking questions. And, again, she typically spends about an hour to an hour and a half at the, at the grocery store with those that, that want her to do that. And then a lot of them are coming to our plant-based meal monthly events, and, and they have an opportunity there to ask me questions, ask her questions, that talk, get, you know, get information from each other, and, and they share resources and recipes and encouragement, the whole thing. How was that? paid for then? Did they pay, did somebody pay your wife to go with them to the uh, the grocery store? No, it's it's our passion. It's our mission. We oh. do it because we want our patients and we want our friends and the, the good people of Midland to be healthy. We, we don't charge anything for any of that. We, um, we do it because, we do it because we feel like that's our mission. I mean, I, I went into medicine with the idea that it was like a calling for me. I wanted to, to make people well. My, my father was a physician, and that was always his perspective. My, um, my father was, had all of the, of the right motivations for being a physician, and so I had a, a good mentor role model in, in him. And I've always, my goal was to, was to help people, and it is so exciting to be able to make people well. You know, for 20 years, almost 20 years, I practiced my craft and understanding that I really wasn't curing anybody. I was I was overcoming the the ravages of, of whatever disease, or particularly when I'm talking about coronary disease, I, I do cure some people, but it's, it's I don't cure people with coronary disease in the operating room. You know, that's the most common scenario for me. My my most common operation is coronary bypass surgery, and and at the end of the day, I always knew that I wasn't curing anyone. I was, I was helping them, but not curing them. I have to think that internal medicine doctors that are, that are constantly managing chronic disease, that's got to be sort of a, not, not a disappointment, but in some way not fulfilling. You know, when you see the same person with the same diseases and the same problems coming in month after month, and you, know, you, you make adjustments in their medications and, and perhaps make them symptomatically somewhat better. How exciting it is, though, to have someone come in with type 2 diabetes mellitus and to be able to actually cure them or to be hyper, have a patient with hypertension and to actually be able to cure that. And, you know, there are other diseases that, that respond in a similar way. Irritable bowel syndrome is, is greatly improved. Multiple sclerosis, uh, the single best uh, relief of symptomatic of, of the symptoms is achieved with a whole food plant-based diet. And there's so many others. And so it's really exciting, I think, to practice medicine with this arrow in your quiver because it's more like a bazooka in your quiver because it, it has such a profound effect and a rapid one. I think that one of the one of the fallacies is the preconception that any dietary change that you make today, benefits of that won't be realized for for years. When in fact benefits, the measurable benefits are achieved within days or weeks. I mean people have complete resolution of their engine in two weeks. Their cholesterol plummets, you know, in, in two weeks. Their blood pressure plummets. It, it's uh, it's amazing, and it, it's so much more satisfying to see your patients come back visibly healthier every month, and to be able to take them off their blood pressure medicines, to be able to take them off their cholesterol drugs, to be able to take them off their diabetes medicines altogether, and just I mean you cured them. You know they cured themselves really by by making by being educated and making healthy choices with their diet. 
We are talking to uh, Dr. State Nautry, again, cardiovascular surgeon, about uh, using or integrating a whole food plant-based diet into his cardiothoracic practice. And, you know, I mean, really what you're talking about, I actually talked to Dr. Esselstyn because I went over and visited him at the, the monthly, um, uh, his counseling session last month. And, and I said, you know, if you really do this correctly, you're putting your whole academic institution out of business. Because if, if we really have true health care reform, and these chronic diseases are 75 or 80 percent of our health care budget, if we really applied this plant-based diet to its nth degree, you know, you're not going to have too many physician, surgeon, cardiovascular colleagues. And, you know, academic institutions that have cardiovascular centers, they have kidney transplant centers, they have, you know, even cancer centers, um, all the different centers that are built around the end stages or the, the, the sequelae of chronic diseases wouldn't exist. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're putting yourself out of business. You know that. Well, it'd be a good thing. You know, we're, we're going to spend $10,000 on every man, woman, and child in this country this year on health care. We can't afford that. We're bankrupting our country. The, we're going to leave our children and our grandchildren in a horrible mess. And the, and the tragedy is that we're walking around assuming that these chronic diseases, uh, these debilitating chronic diseases, are to be expected, that, that it's normal, um, it's unavoidable. We're the victims of our genetics, and it's just what happens. None of that's true. We can be healthy. We don't have to be uh, uh, victims, or we don't have to suffer from all these chronic diseases. And the collateral benefits of making, you know, if you, if you change your diet because you have coronary artery disease, you're going to experience so many collateral benefits. My, my friend that I mentioned earlier, he can't believe how good he feels. He's, he's more physically active and feels better and healthier than any time since he was in college. And, you know, he was treating his, his, his coronary disease, but his, all these other things that he had went away as well because he's eating healthily, you know, and, and you are what you eat. That it's, it's trite, but it's true. And, you know, the, the, as far as, you know, the, the idea that we're going to put ourselves out of business, I think it'd be wonderful if we could get our population healthy. I mean, we would have so much money to do uh, other things, educate uh, our children, uh, invest in infrastructure, you know, help the world, feed the world, educate the world, make it a better place. We could pay our teachers better. We could improve the, the lives of, of everyone. The, quality, the standard of living would go up. Sadly, you know, food... Part of the thing that's that there's a few things that are that are fighting all this that they're in opposition. One is that uh, physicians are largely ignorant about nutrition, although some medical schools now are are uh, realizing that uh, nutrition is important and they're beginning to a- address it in a more serious way. But physician ignorance is a problem, and a, and food addiction is a problem. That that is um, uh, an understatement. I think that the degree to which we're addicted to processed foods, which are chock full of uh, uh, sodium and, and sugar and fat. We're addicted to fat and sugar, and it, it's a true addiction. It's, it's, not a, it's not a misuse of that term. It, it's truly an addiction. And so we have a bunch of addicted doctors that are probably not in a great position to counsel their patients about uh, eating healthy foods when they themselves are, are addicts. It'd be like... Uh, sitting in a conference room smoking a cigarette telling your patient how important it is that they stop. It's just that there's no credibility and there's really no, uh, there's no great impetus of physicians to talk about 
these things if they're if they haven't made the same changes themselves. I'm really encouraged though by the amount of of uh, information that's coming out now. I mean, I, just reading Google News every day, there's another piece of information, another story, another article talking about the the, the benefits of whole food, plant based food, and the deleterious effects of stuff like processed meats. I mean, we just that that was a big story a couple of weeks ago. But the fallout from all this is I think that the public is being more educated, physicians are getting more educated, and I'm hoping that that, that trend continues and that we see some, as Dr. Esselstyn would say, seismic shift in, in how we deliver health care. Telling somebody how to be healthy, that is true health care. What we've been doing is sick care, managing sickness. We need to work on making people healthy and preventing disease in the first place. Well, I think that that's a perfect place to kind of wrap it up. Do you have any other, I mean, it was great what you said. So is, is there any other thing you'd like to kind of tie together before we, uh, we sign off? Well, I think that there are lots of opportunities out there for people, for the public, and for physicians to get educated and start, particularly for physicians, to start getting really educated and, and experiencing a sort of a, a renaissance in their office, sort of a paradigm shift in, in the way they practice. There are some excellent conferences um, around the country. There's the International Plant-Based Nutrition Conference. It's going to be in Anaheim, California in, um, I believe, the last part of September 2016. That's a, a wonderful uh, place to begin, but there's a lot of online resources, too. One of my favorites is uh, Dr. Michael Greger's website, nutritionfacts.org. Those are great resources for uh, the public and for physicians to get started. Well, I want to thank you. It was great. Um, I'm actually going to hop in a car and drive to L.A. and uh, go here and go see Dr. Esselton again and his son Rip. They have a, I call it Something Forks conference, and so I'm going to go see yeah. him in a little bit. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate not, not only your expertise, but just your personal passion. It comes through, and um, I look forward to someday meeting you, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. And remember, you can go to stayinghealthytoday.com, sign up for my health letter, sign up for the podcast there. This will be uploaded to iTunes and on my website. And until next time, stay and be well. Mm-hmm.